Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I want to talk today about emotions and investing and something some of you may know this as money mindset. Um, As an expert on financial psychology, that's what I wrote my dissertation on. Actually, I wanted to talk about the two worst emotions that an investor can have and kind of break that down for you. So get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's theblackfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I am your friendly neighborhood finance professor. Now, uh, today I want to talk about uh, financial psychology, and I want to talk a little bit about emotions from investing. Now, uh, as as we get started, uh, hit the thumbs up button, share button, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Also, don't forget that you know we talk about wealth on this platform, but really, uh, we are all about the black community. Doesn't mean you have to be black to be here, but we put black people first because we want to solve our own problems. We believe that uh, we deserve uh, the attention that is going to make our community better. We're not trying to be cross-sectional and all this other nonsense. We're just trying to be black. So if you agree with being black and that that's important and that we have to focus on being black first, uh, put a hashtag B1 in the chat, hashtag B and the number one. All right. So today I want to talk about uh, things like money mindset real quick. And, uh, and and really emotions when you talk about money. A lot of you this week are invested. A lot of you are making money. A lot of you are doing very well. And uh, you're, you're dealing with emotions. You know, you're feeling lots of ups and downs uh, when it comes to money. Uh, you're, you're making money, so you're feeling good. The next day you lose some money, so you're feeling bad. And, uh, and actually, even with men, you know, our masculinity goes up and down, up and down based on how much money we have. I don't know, fellas, if you can confirm this for me or not. But as a man, you just feel a little bit stronger, a little bit bolder, a little bit more, you know, just your chest sticks out a little more when you got a little money in your pocket, right? And uh, and also for women, um, uh, what I what I have found again, I'm probably overgeneralizing here. I'm sure this is politically incorrect and going to make somebody upset. I don't plan to do that, but it's going to probably do that. Uh, and but I noticed that women's um, emotional security. Uh, it, it can fluctuate based on financial security. So that's one of the reasons why when a man is not responsible with the money, there are some women, fellas, who will treat you worse than they would if you had cheated, if you had cheated with her sister. Like literally messing up the money can be as bad as cheating with her sister, which cheating with a sister, that's pretty bad. So don't do that. But but really, when you mess up the money, there's something that happens. I, I've noticed when I wrote my book, Financial Love Making, many years ago, I picked up on that, that women are really sensitive to uh, economic uh, responsibility or lack thereof. If you, um, <laughs> who said, Richard said, money increases a Negro sperm count. Now that's really funny, but it's probably true. <laughs> I'm sure that somebody has done a study on that. That's probably true. Anyway, um, so let me let me talk to you to you guys about the two worst emotions for an investor to have. And uh, and those of you who have short attention spans, you could probably actually tune out after I say this quick little part. But then I, I'll probably go about ten minutes or maybe twelve or something like that. But the two the two worst emotions to act upon, I found when it comes to investing, are fear and greed. Uh, fear and greed. Uh, and and uh, and 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 the thing is that um, fear and greed are two emotions that not only cause people to make bad economic decisions, but they are emotions that actually allow smart, savvy investors to take advantage of those who um, operate on those emotions. Um, logical people are able to do better economically than people who are whose emotions are all over the place, who can't sort of focus on what it is they're trying to do. Um, also, wealth tends to be transferred from financially literate people 
excuse me, to financially illiterate people away from people who are financially illiterate. Now, the, the politicians will say, oh, well, this is bad because you're exploiting people. But, you know, if, if one guy sits down for a negotiation with another guy and the first guy prepared and the other guy didn't, what is it his fault that the other guy isn't ready? Uh, you know, if, if, you, if somebody's a, if you run a record label and you offer somebody a contract and you say, here, read this contract. And then later on, they say, well, I didn't like what was in my contract. I mean, is it your fault that they didn't read the contract? Is it your fault that they weren't ready, that they that nobody prepared them? You know, I don't know. It's up to you to decide that. But I'm going to tell you that, that the way the world works is at the end of the day, the smart people, um, unfortunately, end up acquiring assets from people who maybe are not as smart. Uh, the prepared people are able to acquire assets from people who are not prepared. Uh, the, uh, the, the emotionally stable people acquire the assets and the unstable people kind of just go up and down and react to everything and spend all their emotional energy on stuff that doesn't add up to anything. And so, uh, so really managing your emotions is really important and having that level of discipline is really important because, uh, you know, investing is a little bit like poker. You know, I'm, I'm a pretty good poker player. I like poker a lot because it's a game. I don't like gambling. Gambling's not fun for me, but I like uh, poker because it's a game of psychology, strategy, and math. And when I say I'm a pretty good poker player, I think I'm pretty good. But then again, all poker players think they're good. But but I've actually won tournaments that had seven or eight hundred. I think I won a tournament. No, I got second place a month ago in a tournament on, online that had eleven hundred people. So eleven hundred people, I got second place. So you know, it's hard to do that with luck, right? So, and one of the things that happens in poker is that the ability to control your emotions is essential. If you can't control your emotions, you're going to lose, right? You're going to get really mad or you're going to get really scared and all these other things. So, uh, and, and that really actually shows itself in how I talk to you guys every day. So when you talk about investing, those two emotions, fear and greed, you got to look out for that. You got to look out for that. Um, and the best way for me to kind of explain it and break it down for you real quick is um, think of it like love. You know, imagine a person who spends their whole life and go, going into all their relationships with nothing but fear. All they're reacting to is fear. Now, give, give me a yes or no. Do you think this person is going to have good relationships or not? Uh, yes or no. If they're, if every sing, single situation they're in, they're responding to fear. Like if I, um, you know, if I if I meet a woman, um, you know, like I hear guys, they'll say things like, yeah, you got to pimp these hoes. You got to get them before they get you. Right. Well, those people, those guys are reacting out of fear. Right. They're, they have this fear that if I get emotionally attached to you, then I'm going to become the weaker one and you're going to exploit and take advantage of me. So I'm going to take advantage of you first. Right. Which creates a toxicity in the relationship. Well, then you also have women that operate in fear as well. Those are called <laughs> those might be called track stars. Those track stars that, that'll run away the minute anything goes wrong. The minute anything goes bad. They get triggered. Right. It's like, oh, my God, he, he, he showed up late. And he didn't call me back on Tuesday. Uh, it, it reminds me of when my daddy abandoned me when I was four. So I'm out, right? And and, and we know we know what that is, right? You 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 need therapy, right? We all need therapy, by the way. I'm a big advocate for therapy. You ain't got to be crazy to want to to benefit from therapy. I promise you. In fact, I'll go public and say. I love therapy. <laughs> I see my therapist once a week and Alicia and I do together and we love it. It's so you'll be amazed at how much stuff you learn in terms of how to control your BS so that you don't mess up stuff. Like most people that can't get what they want out of life. What happens is I find is that we get in our own way. All of us do. Everybody, not just you, not just weak people, not just dumb people. I'm talking about everybody gets in their own way. Like, like for everybody in here, Lydia, Belinda and Dwayne and Courtney and Kathy, I want to tell you, like, there's another level that you can go to. And the the reason you can't get to that other level is because it's really hard to be better than yourself. You can't be better than yourself. 
You can't be anything other than what you already are. You can't be anyone other than who you already are. Right. So uh, what I have found is that therapy and and leaning toward other people's perspectives and kind of learning little tools and tricks to either manage relationships or manage your, your own BS allows you to outgrow yourself. That's that's what growth really is. It's become it's stepping out of your shell and it's stepping out of your skin and becoming something bigger and better and, and more capable than you were before. That is really hard to do on your own. So so with that said. Um, do me a favor, please hit the thumbs up button, share button, and subscribe button. And I want to tell you guys also, just a reminder that tonight we're doing a, a special three-day seminar on black wealth decisions. And and, uh, and that actually links to fear and greed. Like I'm literally going to start with a breakdown of exactly how from a financial standpoint, how fear causes people to lose money and then greed. And then also we'll talk about other things like um, I did a survey the other day and I want, I want you guys to answer this question in the chat. I asked everyone on Twitter, I said, um, I said, uh, if, if you had a choice between receiving $1.5 million today or $3 million uh, three years from now or $15 million 15 years from now, which would you pick? And uh, and according to the survey, let me show you the survey results. I'm going to share my screen so you guys can, can see that. All right, so let's see. Let me pop this up and make it big. And I'm going to show you guys this. Do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button while I do this. Please hit the thumbs up and also subscribe. Whatever channel you're on, please subscribe right now. Um, all right, so here is... So, so I asked this question. I said, would you rather have $1.5 million today, $3 million in the year 2025, or $15 million in the year 2036? Feel free to answer the question in the chat. And uh, basically, 69% of you said $1.5 million right now. 14.7% of you said $3 million in 2025. Uh, 16% of you said $15 million in 2036. Now, that's an interesting question. Um, now, for you, it may be just a simple like how much money would you rather have kind of thing. Uh, but for me as a financial theorist, you know, because I've studied so many different things in terms of how we make economic decisions, there's a lot of variables that go into that decision making process that, that are fun to sort of explore and think about because it helps you make decisions that fit for you. So if you want to know what the right answer is, the answer is that there is no right answer for everybody. There is no one answer that's going to fit everybody in this room a lot of factors come into play in making that decision. For example, Lamar, Mario, Dexter, and uh, Raw, Raw Status TV and Jay Krizzle, or Jay Krizzle said 3 million. I'm sorry. The first four said 1.5 million. All right. So uh, so you'd rather have 1.5 million today than to have $3 million uh, basically three and a half years from now. What if I change that number from 3 million to 12 million? What if it was 12 million? Would that change your answer? Would that make you be willing to surpass to forego 1.5 million right now? If you knew you were going to get 12 million uh, three years from three and a half years from now, I don't know. Yes or no? Give me a yes or no, because uh, I because I'll, I'll predict. I can tell you what's going to happen. Some of you are going to say, "Yeah, it would change my decision." Right? I'm willing to wait now. Some of you will say, "No, I still want my money right now today." And the thing is that it, it, there you go. See, Boomer says tomorrow's never promised. There is actually financial theory that underlies your logic in terms of making that decision. And so a lot of financial decisions are based on the environment that you're in. It's based on what you're working with. Uh, a rich person is going to make a different decision from a poor person. Old per old people will see it differently from a young person. Uh, a, a person with a lot of patience is going to see it different from, from a person who doesn't have patience. A person who has a lot of investing opportunities is going to see it different from a person who has no investing opportunities. A financially literate person is going to see it differently from a financially illiterate person, right? Uh, you know, all these factors come to somebody, maybe somebody who wants to quit their job right now is going to see it differently from somebody who is happy with their job or, or, or self-employed, right? So, 
long story short, we're going to do that tonight at blackwealthdecisions.com. And actually, if you guys want to uh, get a discount, you can actually get 25% off. I create a little code if you want to use it. Um, I'll put it here in the chat. The code uh, to get 25% off this podcast, 04. Uh, 30. That's today's date. So the coupon code expires today. Uh, but and we're going to actually meet up tonight. So uh, if you type in podcast 0430, uh, you can actually get in. Let me put this on the screen so you guys can see it. Um, and feel free to go to blackwealthdecisions.com. So write that down. Uh, I'll put this URL on the chat. Hit the thumbs up button while I do that. And I'm going to finish talking about fear and greed because there's actually more to say about that. All right. So, uh, so here is... Um, uh, so right now with the financial markets, uh, there are a few things going on. I'll talk about that a little bit later. There's the code right there. So you go to blackwealthdecisions.com and the code word is podcast uh, 40430, just like that. All right. So the uh, one thing I want to mention is in terms of fear and greed is, again, think of it like love, right? A person who enters their relationships with fear is typically not going to have good relationships. Uh, most of their relationships are going to be basically manifestations of whatever they were fearing in the first place, uh, what, or AKA what they call self-fulfilling prophecies. Uh, people that enter relationships with fear are not going to invest in those relationships. And I use the word invest intentionally because when you decide to, that you're going to love a person, you are investing your heart in that person. You're investing your time. You're investing your money, right? You don't invest in things where, where you don't trust things. That's why trust and, 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 and confidence and security and openness are very important for relationships. You can't have relationships if you don't have trust, right? Uh, and then also, um, when you think about greed, let's go to the other extreme. Uh, greed in a relationship is also bad, right? Uh, because a greedy person is a taker, right? I don't know if anybody's ever had a relationship with a taker. We, most of us in here, we're grown. Like all of us have had relationships with people who either lived in fear or who were afraid of opening up, afraid of moving forward, right? Maybe you were that person and maybe you're trying to grow out of that, or maybe you already have. Um, and then we've also been in relationships with takers, people that took things from us, right? And you all know what I'm talking about, right? If you are a giver, <laughs> then the chances are you're going to attract a lot of takers, right? So you got to be very cautious of protecting your your spirit in that way. Well, you know, when I think of takers and relationships, I think of um, what, what maybe women that might be called gold diggers, right? And uh, and, unfor- and what's interesting is that that greed is also driven by fear. Greed and fear are literally like siblings to one another, right? Because maybe I'm greedy because I'm fearful that if I don't get it from you now or get it from you first, that I'm not going to get anything or you're going to take something away from me, right? Uh, so so or, or also when you think about greed with men, maybe you think about men who use women, who just use them up and get what they want and then move on, hit it and quit it type you know, type guys or whatever. But, but the thing is true. Uh, the thing is that it's also true when you talk about investing in economics, uh, the, the, the corollary, uh, economically for greed is pretty much pure capitalism. Uh, if you study capitalism, and I know capitalism pretty well, uh, when you get a PhD in finance, you have to pretty much almost like pledge allegiance to capitalism, which always made me very uncomfortable because I'm not a, a pure capitalist. I, I think capitalism is very unhealthy, actually, in, in its purest form. But I'm not a Marxist, but I appreciate some ideas, uh, you know, from Marxism. I, I actually think every I think every ideology has good ideas, actually. Socialism, Marxism, capitalism, you know, and everything in between. I, and so basically with capitalism, you're pretty much taught in capitalism that your goal is to literally devour every resource you possibly can that you must grow by any means necessary, no matter what, that in order for you to be successful in capitalism, you have to constantly have growth. Like right now, there are companies that had these amazing, amazing earnings announcements made 50 billion in a quarter, 25 billion in a quarter, 100 billion in a quarter. And the stock price still didn't go up because the investors are like, eh, 
We need you to grow. What you you know, making 80 billion is not a big deal if you made 85 billion last quarter, right? And that's not an idea ideology that's healthy nor is it sustainable because a greedy person well, you know, becomes a fat kid. Like they just want to go, hey, right? That's not, that's just not healthy. That's a gluttonous ideology. So for investors, for you, where, where greed kicks your butt is greed also changes the way you view risk. Greed also changes the way you look at your own investments, right? So if you're invested, like last this week, we were talking about a company called Microvision and Microvision uh, was a company we've been talking about Microvision for months. And, and I, I'm glad, I think it's cool. Microvision is getting its butt kicked now. Now that stock has plummeted down to $13, $14, but it's fine because when we started talking about it, it was at 10. So if you started buying at 10, then 14 is, is still a win for you. But what happened was Microvision got pumped up and the Wall Street Bets guys pushed it up to about $29 a share. It was a straight pump and dump. The company's not worth $29 a share. It's barely worth 14. And uh, and so there were people who bought at 29 thinking, oh, if it's at 29, then I'll be glad I bought at 29 when it hits 70, 80, or 100, right? Or people that were holding it from 20 to 29, engaged, they, they pretty much felt what is called FOMO, FOMO, fear of missing out, right? So because I have FOMO, if the stock goes up, if I sell now and I see the stock go up to 38, 48, and 50, I'm going to be like, man, I could have made so much money, right? And, uh, and and that that's a crazy emotion to have. That's an emotion that will drive you insane if you if you constantly kick yourself for missing out on every rally. So what I do is I actually learn how to use the word enough to say, you know what? I'm glad everyone else is making money. I made enough. I did okay. I made I did well, right? And and that ideology, I kid you not, when you talk about uh, having peace of mind. Um, it's so important for peace of mind because if I sat around constantly thinking about every opportunity I ever missed financially and otherwise, I would drive myself crazy. My whole life, my whole ideology would be a deficit ideology. I'd be thinking that I should be here, but I'm only here when really, you know, I, I, I'm here, but I could have been down here. Right. So, so I tend to sort of count my blessings in a specific way in order to keep from driving myself nuts. Now, fear where fear kicks investors in the butt is when they get scared. You know, like New Edition has that song, Can You Stay in the Rain? Uh, which is basically a way of saying that in order to have a long-term relationship that's actually stable and steady, you have to deal with the downside and not freak out. You can't be a track star. Track stars don't have good relationships. Track stars are those women and men that run away whenever there's any sign of trouble, right? So track stars, you know, they have lots of good sex, but they never have healthy relationships. They 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 grow old alone and they they, they spend most of their time very sad because they can't find any, any situation they can really depend on. They're the kinds of people maybe that'll go to the hospital and get cancer surgery and they can't even find anybody to give them a ride home because there's nobody waiting for them because they haven't invested in anything because fear has driven all their decisions. Well, the same thing is true with investing that if if you are constantly in fear of the downside, then you'll never engage in risk because risk has a downside and an upside. So because you're so focused on the downside, you can't even see the upside. So when the market crashes, uh, the, the track stars or the people that live in fear, they run away. They jump out. They bounce. They're gone. They, they never come back and they miss out on the bright side. Right. They, because they're so scared of the rain, they never get to enjoy the sunshine because they just stay in the house. So ultimately, what I would say to you is that uh, if you're talking about investing, managing fear and greed, I think, is probably the most important thing you can do. And that is something that um, will make a huge difference for you as an investor. Now, uh, don't forget that today uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern, we start uh, we start that lecture on uh, blackwealthdecisions.com. Uh, you can join there or you can actually get in for free if you're in the Black Stock Market Program, which means you can go to the blackstockmarketprogram.com. So feel free to go there as well. And uh, and I gave you guys the code earlier. Uh, if you want 25% off, you can use the code podcast 
0430. It's right there. It'll be valid for today only. And then uh, last but not least, at 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern, uh, this so this is a live thing. If you're catching this live, you, this is relevant. If you're not catching live, you can catch the recording. Uh, but we're actually doing a mini conference in the Black Business School on how to buy hotels. Uh, we have some experts coming in to teach black folks how to buy hotels and how to invest in hotels. And we should have more black owned hotels. I mean, this is something that uh, our children and grandchildren for sure can follow up on if we get the ball rolling. So feel free to go to blackhotelinvesting.com for that one or blackwealthdecisions.com for the other one if, you, if you're interested in either one. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Have a good day. Please hit the thumbs up button, share button, subscribe button. I hope this was helpful to you. Please also subscribe subscribe to whatever channel you're on. That's really important. We'd love to have your support. And uh, we hope that this conversation benefited you. And I hope you make a trillion dollars. So take care. I'll see you soon. Have a good day. Peace.